Marion Blankenship of Charlotte, North Carolina, is at a backyard party with some friends from church, and she's about to try something she's never tried before. They happen to have a zip line in their backyard, and I mean, it's the long one. You walk up a platform, and then you zip all the way across their yard, and I just had to do it. I thought, you know, I know I can do this. It was a, a rope with a round wooden seat. As she sat on that seat, at the top of a tall tree, the only thing Marion was thinking about was going for it. What makes this moment so special is that two years earlier, Marion was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer. The pain and depression that came with the diagnosis had been keeping her from living a quality life. This is a story about asking for help when times get hard. This is a story about finding purpose and peace in the face of adversity. This is Marion's palliative care story. Before her diagnosis, Marion lived an active life. When you talk to her, she lights up about her job at a child care development center where she worked with preschool children. Outside of her professional life, Marion always had a full dance card. My hobbies were my grandchildren. I babysat for them, and I'm active in my church, and um, I did a lot of exercise. Oh, I was a member at the Y. It was a good, busy, <laughs> a good, busy life. For Marion, staying active was a way of life. I have always felt that it's, it's not healthy to sit at home all day long doing nothing. That's just not, it's not good. You need to get out every day. And that's easy for me because I'm involved in lots of things. Three years ago, Marion noticed that something was off. I started having back pain that just was continuous. And they took the x-ray and they could see that I had cancer in my back. And what it was, was I um, had stage four metastatic breast cancer that had metastasized into my backbone. Another factor that was weighing on Marion is that breast cancer is something that's been in her family. I had been negligent, I admit, and had not done the mammograms. I really had a hard time dealing with that. You just want to beat yourself up. In addition to the regret, just dealing with the news itself was difficult enough. When you get a diagnosis, you go into shock. You go into a, a mode of shock. And I think everybody works through that in different ways. But for me, I was just in a state of shock. Marion quickly turned to her family, who are a great support system. But even with her loved ones by her side, she was still struggling. I just cried a lot. Oh, I was very weepy and just felt like the life had been knocked out of me. And, you know, I was in pain, too. So it was just, I was a mess. I was a mess. That emotion that Marion was feeling is what a lot of patients with serious illness call their zero point. It's that point where everything feels like it's going downhill. Unable to continue working or be as active as she liked, she braced for the worst. But luckily for Marion, there was hope on the horizon. When I went to my oncologist, she said, Marion, 
I've got good news for you. We have targeted drugs for your particular type of cancer, and they're given intravenously, and we can put you on a bone strengthener, and we're going to immediately send you over here to radiation, and we're going to radiate your spots on your spine. We're going to zap those cancer spots on your spine, and then we're going to start you on this um, infusion program every three weeks. With a treatment plan in place, Marion was glad to be going after both the pain and the cancer, but that shock she felt at diagnosis had turned to depression, and she still had lingering regrets that she could have done more earlier. I was just dizzy getting the radiation and get and getting that done and then getting into the infusion uh, program, but I was still just really struggling, just uh, just not not handling it well. As the treatment continued, Marion's oncologist recognized that there were two additional things she needed. One was a detailed pain management plan to help her with the ups and downs of side effects from radiation and the cancer itself. And two, a way to cope with the emotional toll this is all taking. That's when she referred Marion to palliative care. Palliative care is a subspecialty of medicine that focuses on improving quality of life for those who face a serious illness. That's Dr. Boris Kravitsky, a palliative care doctor. Palliative care is provided by a specially trained team of doctors, nurses, and other specialists who work together with the patient's doctors, in this case, Marion's oncologist, to provide an extra layer of support. So what the palliative care team does is focus on providing relief from the symptoms and stress of an illness. The goal, as Dr. Kravitsky put it, is to improve quality of life for both the patient and the family. When I first met Marion, she was experiencing significant amount of pain, especially in her lower back. She was experiencing significant amount of fatigue. She was extremely depressed, and her overall well-being was extremely low. She was, as a, as a person, she really did not know where to go. She was stuck. She was emotional. She did not know how to get out of that situation. Dr. Gravitsky's team sees over 2,000 patients a year as they deal with various illnesses. For many of them, the first palliative care visit begins the same way. The palliative care team sits down with the patient, and if they want, their family members. Their goal is to first establish a personal relationship. My first visit with every patient is really first having them understand what it is that I do why I am there, why they were referred to palliative medicine. And it's important from the standpoint of buy-in that they understand how important and potentially vital the service may be to them. In my first palliative appointment, I went in there and I just broke down in tears. I was a mess. I was in pain. I was in shock. I was weepy. The importance of what we do is ultimately comes down to us listening to the patient because if you look at the big picture, a lot of it comes down to them sharing their story with us so that we can better understand where they're coming from, where they are, and where they're going. For Marion, it didn't take long for her to understand what palliative care was and how it could help her. 
it's like looking at the whole picture, just the whole picture. And here's someone, Boris, that deals with cancer patients every day and knows all about, you know, how people deal with it. Boris was able to sit me down and just say, now, Marion, tell me all about it. I listen to their story uh, as much as they're willing to share. And that typically leads to a lot of sharing that they've really never done before. I realized when I when I went to palliative care, when I went into Boris's um, office, it was, you know, we weren't dealing with the cancer. We were dealing with Marion. With a relationship established and with a better understanding of what palliative care is, Marion and the palliative care team went to work on treating both her emotional and physical symptoms. On the emotional side of things, the first thing Dr. Kravitsky does is put the patient in the driver's seat. To me, the most important thing is instead of telling someone what they need to do, I and many of my colleagues use leading questions to help the patient get to a place that they're able to process the information and actually come up with answers themselves because that teaches them a much better coping strategy than us telling them what they need to do to get to a different place from where they are. Okay, so how exactly does palliative care help people with stress, depression, regret, or fear? Well, through several meetings with the team's palliative care social worker, nurses, chaplains, and Dr. Kravitsky himself, Marion began focusing more on the moment. I try to uh, get my patients to look deep, deep inside and say, given my current diagnosis, what is most important to me going forward? The more time I spent with Boris, the more time I realized that this this is really a blessing. It gives me time to live purposefully and to prepare. And and we talked a lot about that. We, you know, I had a lot of questions. He had a lot of questions to ask me, but just planning for my life now. I still got a, a good bit of life and um, living purposefully. And he told me, he said, you know, Marion, you can, you can plan, you can prepare, and, and you know, I did it. I did it. Obviously, dealing with stress isn't easy, and there's no magical button you can press to eliminate how it feels to live with a serious illness. But one thing Dr. Gravitsky does is help patients with tackling these issues head-on. He says, in order to work through the difficulties, you have to face your fears, embrace the realities of your illness, and be honest with how it's affecting you. Helping Marion with that journey and the first few steps uh, really laid the groundwork in being able to help her first being honest with herself and recognizing of how much uh, she was truly experiencing and then allowing us to actually treat her symptoms. For Marion, her goals were pretty simple. She just wanted to do things like attend her grandkids' sporting events, or get out of the house to be with friends. You know, I have pain in my back. He helped me with my pain meds. He said, now, Marion, you, 
you need to learn to use this pain medicine to relieve you of this pain so that you can live comfortably. He really helped me with that. He, he kept emphasizing, you need you, this pain you're dealing with, you can get rid of this. It goes back to education to, to really help them be in the driver's seat of their symptom management, understanding what each medication does, how it works, and what side effect it has. To help Marion on her journey, Dr. Gravitsky and his team helped her get on a pain management schedule. I, I take my drugs at night, at bedtime. But during the day, I really like to try to just not have to take the breakthrough um, drug. At bedtime, I take a lot, and so I get a good night's sleep, and that's so important. Once a month, Marion drives three hours to Raleigh, North Carolina, to visit one of her daughters. She's also occasionally flying to New York to see her youngest daughter. Preparing for a big trip is a little different than the usual day-to-day -day activity. So Marion works with Dr. Kravitsky to put medication plans in place to make sure she's able to travel without severe pain. Them being able uh, to say, because of this upcoming trip, I, I need to slightly adjust my regimen so that I can know that I can be a safe driver on the road and ultimately achieving that balance with them understanding what is at stake, what is it uh, that they need to do, ongoing education. And obviously we're always available either uh, by phone or to be seen at clinic if there are any issues. As long as it's good and I can, you know, I can still live independently and I can drive, it's good and I'm going to enjoy I'm going to enjoy as long as I can. As the palliative care visits went on, Dr. Gravitsky began to see the positive changes in Marion. Because of our successful treatment strategies of both her uh, pain syndrome as well as her, her depression, she really started to appreciate where she was and how badly she was feeling. It's okay to embrace the symptoms, be honest with themselves first, and then their uh, clinician to be able to address the physical and non-physical suffering. On a better pain plan and with support for ongoing stress, Marion is able to focus less on worry or regret and more on what matters most. I really, for me, the most important thing is the people in my life, um, you know, starting with my children and my grandchildren, is it enough to just go to the little flag football game? Or did I, you know, talk to my eight-year-old grandson a minute that morning? You know, was I just there with my daughter? Or did I, you know, talk to my grandson for a minute? living positively and purposefully. Marion has received 10 sessions of radiation to her spine. She was treated with chemotherapy for a period of time and then targeted therapy, and it's working. But with treatment, even when it's working well, comes physical side effects and uncertainty. It's important that Dr. Gravitsky stays on the same page with Marion's oncologist and radiation specialist. She was actually tolerating 
therapy reasonably well. We work closely with our oncology counterparts to make sure that we understand what the side effects are of treatments and collaborating on treatment choices if the current treatments are causing too many side effects or are not being tolerated well. Let's get back to that zip line. Two years after diagnosis, with her pain under control and with a strong focus on the present, Marion made her decision. She was conquering that zip line. So I thought, I've never ridden a zip line. This is, I can do this. And then I did it and I just held on real good and it didn't hurt my back. When, when you got to the end of it, which was a big tree, they had put tires, big black tires, on the rope so that the rope wouldn't go all the way to the tree. So when your rope hit those tires and bounced, you know, I bounced once pretty good. But uh that better than hitting the tree. And um it was fun, you know. I thought that was so it was just there, that's why I did it. It was just there. Looking back on that first palliative care visit, Dr. Gravitsky knows that Marion has come a long way. There's a self-reported symptom questionnaire, and she graded her uh, well-being as a 7, 0 being best, 10 being worst, in November of 2014. Last time I saw her a month ago, she rated as a 1. Her quality of life, given her situation, I think as good as can be expected. So it's now been three years since her diagnosis. Marion's cancer is currently at bay. But she knows that not every day is as good as the zipline day. There will be struggles, and there will be setbacks. But today, well, you can barely get a hold of her. She's really busy. I get out every day. I go out every day. I've got stuff every day. I mean, every day. I've got something. I'm in a weekly Bible study. I'm in my church choir. And then, of course, remember, I've got my daughter and her husband and the three children here. So Saturday mornings, I'm going to the games that the, the, the children play soccer and flag football and such. So I'm busy on Saturdays and Sundays, I'm busy at church. I mean, I always go out to eat on Sundays. So I'm busy. I, I don't allow myself to stay at home. Dr. Gravitsky says that Marion's story is a great example of how palliative care can help. Marion and my relationship with Marion is the reason why I still practice medicine, to create a situation where a patient can go from complete despair to saying that her life right now could not be much better than what it is given her circumstances. I tell Boris every time I go see him, I just tell him, I look at him straight on. I say, I love you, Boris. And we hug, we embrace. <laughs> every time I go see him, I love him. He's darling. Why Marion's case stands out is because of how willing she was after our initial in- interaction, how willing she was to accept help and how rewarding it is to see when help is accepted uh, on her terms. To find out how you or your loved one can get palliative care, visit getpalliativecare.org.